one of the things that we have explored is the idea that instead of just sensing, felt sensing into what I uh, sense or what you sense, uh, it's also sensing into the field uh, in which we both are. And I'm wondering if any of you wants to, to talk a little bit about that. Well, actually, I would like to talk about that because that's really what got me most interested to begin with in all this. Um, what I noticed in from what Bruce was saying is that in our conversations that led us to talking about shared feels, um, this really interesting thing began to happen for me in particular, which was I began to have a sense of using my felt sense to judge what actually added to and enhanced the conversation between us. Um, it was a very interesting shift for me, which was I no longer was just concerned with my felt sense directly, but also the impact of my felt sense on the, in this case, a group of two, you know, the dyad. Um, and that just that little shift had really big implications and impact on me about understanding a whole different idea about a way to look at this in which I was, my felt sensing was not just about my own, in, it was about my internal process or it was my internal process, but it had a much larger impact on the more global scene and that I needed a need and was able to pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah, so that the global field has an impact on me, on you as a focuser, and you or me as a focuser have an impact on the global field. And you're paying attention to uh, when you're felt sensing that it's not just about you, but there's also an impact that you're having on the field. Yes, that's that's correct. I'll chime in here to get my voice into into this mix as well. I'm Andrew McDonald. The last fellow was Bruce Gibbs. And, uh, uh, thank and, you, and, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, there's two Bruces. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. There's two Bruces, so it can be. Uh, anyway, that that rich last voice was Bruce Gibbs, and, uh, and before that was Bruce Naoith. And Sarah Springle, who probably introduced himself from the top here uh, when you edit this, Serge. But um, so just to add to to um, what we're saying about what's different for focusers or what could be new and part of the future of focusing is that. Um, just share quickly that I spent a long time in a small group of men and sometimes would notice that the feeling that probably many of us have had that there's something happening here that's more than the sum of the parts that there's something about our being our being together and exploring this mutually that is more than the sum of its parts and I became I've been long interested in whatever that more than the sum of its parts thing is. Call it collective intelligence um, or um, 
you know, the, just the phenomenon of the shared field that we're mutually exploring something together. And we focusers have, and, and I, I think between the four of us, I think there's well over a century of focusing um, dedication. And, and so we've got that ability to tune into ourselves. And what there's, and it's something that I've become uh, curious about lately is, is that, and noticing for myself, is, is things that I would focus on privately for myself or with somebody else, but focusing on my own feelings of something, my own part of something, that, and I, I become curious about whether I'm focusing on something privately that actually is better focused on as part of a whole system. An example of that would be a father and a son. If the son is to spend, you know, endless times probing his own inner felt sense of, of things, uh, trying to cope with, you know, what may be a difficulty in the in, in the relationship, for example. Whereas to look at the relationship as a whole and to have both of the parts there and have both of them represented really can take a huge burden off of either one of the parts and see that really this is about a relationship and a connection. So in the shared field, there's something, there can be something more than the sum of its parts. And it's got to do with the fact that we are in relationship. And I think that to to only look on something that is that is about a relationship and and relationship is primary to our human experience, to look at it only as something that's happening internal to us, we can get shifts and that can help us to cope. But I'm also interested in what about the shared field can help us to not take it all so personally and so about us. It's also about the about the relationship and the sharedness. So, um, yeah, there's something really exciting in here uh, for me. I've had a lot of change from looking at the whole the thing as a system rather than only at my own um, part in it. And uh, yeah. I don't know, yeah, so how this will come out at the at the. Uh, International, but uh, there's some something wonderful I push here. So with that, I'll, I'll stop for now. Thanks. So thanks, Andrew. So you know, in other words, it's like in a shared field, there's more than what happens individually or as a sum of the people in it. But you're also adding that uh, the shared field is also a context in which you know you can see the system and you can see the individual experience in a different light uh, that you would not if you simply focus on the individual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these is is in a way one of the concepts that very focusers use a lot is a sense of resonance. And, uh, you know, how does this thing of a uh, shared field uh, tally with resonance, similar or different, or anything um, about that?
Um, this is Bruce Nayowith. That's a a good question. It. I'm trying to find a language that feels like it fits. There's a certain kind of resonance. I'm going to use. A, I'm almost going to call it a a tribal resonance. It almost feels like it resonates with a quality of being or history that can be left out of an individual experience. Um, I started personally noticing this. Um, I love communities from when I was younger, but I started noticing this at a different kinds of group experiences, the focusing retreat that um, Sergio and I were in in Mexico a few years ago um, at um, basically on a climate march during doing family constellations workshops. And there's this other quality of rightness. It's a deep, really very deep grounded rightness. That's a different kind of feeling. It's almost like it opens up another way of feeling part of something that wasn't happening during personal and dyadic interactions, which also were very rich and healing, and I love them, and I still do them, uh, you know, a lot. But there's some resonance, almost like it, it's almost like something opens up, and it's like, oh, yes, that's, <laughs> I want to live in that way, too. Uh, maybe I'll just pause there. Thanks. So, you were describing very beautifully that what you call the tribal resonance, and um, and in a way, something that you know just by a choice of word like tribal resonance, uh, expressing that there is something profoundly archetypal in that experience and something that uh, we yearn for. Yes, thank you. And it's like I didn't even know it was missing. There was a felt sense of quote something missing, but it wasn't until. That it was the object was provided. It wasn't until I had the experience that I realized, oh my gosh, that's a part of what I felt like I'd been missing. And these kinds of experiences, and how can I have more of them, and how can we bring more of them into focusing? What's different about what some of these other processes are doing? And it does also happen during focusing, but there's a there could be different tones to them. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in a way similar to or extending what Andrew was saying about feeling connected to a system, this is in a way feeling connected to a larger system and a tribe. Yes, yes. I am happy to say a little more, but I wanted to make space for Bruce or Andrew, so... Um, well, there is a little piece of that that I would like to respond to. I, the, the whole idea of the tribal thing really, you know, hits a chord in me. Um, but th- there's a piece of that that I would like to respond, just a small part of it I would like to respond to, which is um, my sense of the shared field in this way that we're talking about it is that it's an awfully global term and in that it there's a good side of that which is that it makes lots of room for lots of different ways that there are tons of shared fields that we live in on a regular basis and yet aren't 
attuned to or welcoming of or uh, knowledgeable about. I mean, there's there's a lot of pieces of a shared field that we can't possibly begin to talk about in this conversation. But there's also the possibility of losing some meaning in its globalness and that it sometimes is really helpful for me when I go back to really paying attention to specific felt senses, some of which are really quite ordinary and things we run into in our lives on a daily basis, and some of them are much more vast and um, complicated and intricate. And so somehow pointing out that some of them are really directly related to tribal interest really gets me. I had not heard that term. I had never heard you say that, Bruce. But I really like that because that feels exactly accurate to my experience. So there is that uh, powerful sense of, you know, tribal resonance, but also um, the value of noticing that um, it's not just one thing called shared field, but it's each specific shared field that we experience and paying attention to it, the quality of it, and, uh, um, you know, and, and that's where the value is in the specific yeah, there is value both in the global and the specific, right? Mm-hmm. Each each has its place in this conversation, particularly. Yeah, yeah. So when you say that, um, is it to say that maybe um, each reaches us at a different level? Let's say, for instance, a tribal resonance reaches us at a certain level of yearning. Uh, that, for instance, the uh, system resonance of the father's son is a different chord, you know, that Andrew was talking about, uh, and so on and so forth. Well, yes, that, that, that is for sure true. I mean, uh, yes, I, I mean, that's easy to say. And there's something else, which also it has to do with the, the more, subtle, more subtle kinds of resonances like um, some Bruce and I have periodically played with, you know, shared fields as psychic phenomenon. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can go that far out. You know, it's like because there are qualities that you can play with in shared fields that are of a different, like of a really different level, not just a psycholog- different psychological levels, but something else. And I don't know what that something else is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a way, as you play with it, with an interest in uh, the shared field, uh, then you discover different varieties, different tastes, a little bit as if you become interested in wine, you start noticing the differences and start appreciating, you know, the, the difference between the different wines. Right, the, 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 breadth, the breadth and the depth of the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, do you want to yeah. say something? Yeah, I'll, I'll, thanks, Sherry. I'll jump in here. Um, one of the things that, that I've noticed about the distinction between working privately only and working in a shared, a shared context 
is that I have often felt um, when working alone that uh, <clears throat> that I'm burdened or lonely or carrying something that is like a uh, like a burden for myself to be carrying and to be trying to work out and trying to you know, solve or understand. Whereas when I'm noticing the system field aspect of it, I realize that <clears throat> there are imbalances and difficulties kind of in the system and it's not my problem or your problem in a very real sense or, or if it's a problem, it's our lives that were <clears throat> so almost like in a play, there's a there's a um, something at play here, and it's not. I'm relieved from the responsibility, or from having it be all about me. Or another way to say that, I recognize that it's not all about me. It's all about it's all it's, it's a relationship that we're in, or it's something that we're working out together. So the shift into noticing or working with the whole is a really a, a, a springing up from the, the millstone of having to think it's all about my ego and my life or my um, solitary concern. It's not my my ego and my solitary concern. <laughs> it's it's not really the context I need to be living in. So, so uh, yeah, well, so so. Very, very powerful image of the millstone that you're carrying and lightening up the burden where um, essentially, in a way, you say it's the system's problem and so the system has to figure it out as opposed to you individually. Yeah, we get to do it together. And this is the, excite this is the exciting collaborative aspect of, of it. It's a wonderful um, privilege to be able to work you know, with you rather than have to isolate from you in order to be working on my damn problem. I work with you on, on working, making things better for all of us and for including those who are currently excluded. When I work by myself alone, I'm also excluding you and saying, oh, it's not, you're not involved with this. Yes, you are involved with my life. We're part of common life. Yeah, yeah, so inherently collaborative, yeah. Yeah. Bruce Gibbs, I just interrupted you. You wanted to say something? No, no. Uh, no, no, I'm happy listening. Bruce, near with? Um, I'll say a couple things that I, I guess maybe just about my experiences that I found somewhat moving and I'd love to to bring into... Um, having them more within the focusing community. Um, one of them is, um, as I mentioned, kind of the tribal sense. And sometimes there is a sense that we're all in this together and we share something sacred and that's really beautiful. And we're all living together and sharing space. And that's a very, I find that very healing in some way for something that feels like I'm really not supposed to be by myself or partnered in a marriage, which I am, but there's, there's a bigger connection. Um, I also want to say there's something about what I'm going to call disconfirming feedback that's incredibly healing. 
and that in certain situations where other people actually do offer feedback in a certain way and not just reflect what I say, otherwise my view of myself is what I'm told and the people immediately around me tell me and what I tell myself. And that's all the feedback I get about who I am and how I am. And that can be very conditioned and very limited. And so when there's a situation that allows this kind of sharing of other people to share how they experience me or we experience each other in some other way, it's very positively disconfirming. It disconfirms some of my limiting and negative beliefs about who and how I am. There's a kind of a quantum leap of healing that can happen when groups of people can do that for each other in a safe way. And there's a third thing, but I, maybe I, I can pause there, or you want me to... Maybe, maybe just a, a little pause to, to insist on the, the, the safe part, you know, that I think what has uh, made these kinds of exchange possible is the safety that allows uh, for not just experiencing the shared field, but also experience what you call the disconfirming, you know, uh, comments. Uh, so that because disconfirming may seem like it's uh, it's something that is negative, and in that sense, it's a double negative. It's negating the the negative of your of your habits to open up new possibility and new views of yourself. So um, something that essential there is uh, that safety is what makes the shared experience possible. Yes, without the safety, it wouldn't be okay to, you know, to open to that. And yet, when it is such a gift to be given something that I never would have seen, but as soon as it's said, I completely resonate with it. Oh my God, you know, that's exactly true. And I've had that happen in, in focusing workshops where people were, were, where the structure allowed listeners to give resonant feedback to, for example, a story I'd written about an experience and shared it with other people. And then this was resonated back from their perspective. And I suddenly got it. I just experienced my whole, like, two or three years of my life in a completely different way. It was just very freeing. It was just like, I never would have come up with that by myself in a minute. So it's, yes. Thank you. So... Um, what you're talking about here is something that's a sharing of experiences that goes beyond uh, simply repeating what the other person has said or the essence of what the other person has said. It's about uh, if you and I are focusing, uh, my feedback to you is going to include some of my resonance and some of what it means to me, which might be different from what it means to you, but in a safe climate, in a safe uh, conversation, that additional thing that I give you of me is going to enrich your experience and vice versa. I, I would like to interrupt at that moment. Uh, Serge, I don't think using the word focusing in that context is right. And I, I can hear okay. it with my, with my voice, uh, with my focusing trained voice, you know, like um, – I think there is something different about a conversation or a group experience and a focusing experience. Um, focusing has a pretty clear definition. This is something that Bruce and I have played with over a long time. Focusing has a pretty clear definition. 
And giving feedback of any kind in that context is really verboten. I mean, it's really not what focusing is geared for, nor is it right in that context. But if, on the other hand, I'm having a conversation and exploring a shared field, maybe this is one of the big differences between shared field focusing and more traditional focusing is that very difference of where you would never give feedback in a focusing, you know, context. But on another, on the other hand, in a shared field, it is often welcomed and, as Bruce said, can be used well as long as it at least includes felt sensing as the baseline. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a crossbreed where, in a way, uh, the shared field uh, experiences we're describing are, or, or some of them, because actually not all shared field need to be that way, but those are conversations uh, nurtured uh, by the capacity to focus so that um, the responses that we give each other uh, are enriched by the capacity to go into a focusing mode individually, but the exchange is not what would be traditionally considered focusing. Is that what you're talking about? Well said. Yes. Uh, I would say that's an important thing for us to make clear because otherwise I can imagine all kinds of people saying, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, that's not focusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're right. It's not focusing. It's a, it's a, um, I don't know, it, it's an aberration. <laughs> it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So as we're coming to the end of our uh, planned time, just want to check if anybody has something they would like to add to uh, to what we said. Mm, um, I will. I will add one little piece here, which is, and there won't be time to talk much about it. But the other thing about certain positions that certain groups, including focusers, can take is. The shift from my experience is only mine and I'm sovereign over it, which is important, and yet people may want to agree to enter into a different space where my experience is an energy gift to the community. It's my experience and it may also be a gift to the community, which is how certain group processes work. What I bring, including my sadness and my joy, may all be things that the community needs energetically, and there are ways of working with that. We don't have time to go into that, but that shift in, in actually um, the paradigm that we're operating in is are we individuals or are we life energy moving through us that takes, differentiates as individuals and comes together? That creates a whole different field of interaction, and I just wanted to point to that as a passing teaser for another conversation. This is part of the Active Pause podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to activepause.com.